BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. Well, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump does it again. I got to tell you, there's there's just this amazing dynamic going on. Matt Taibbi has a new newsletter. It's a subscription newsletter. It's called Hate Incorporated. If you just plug in Matt Taibbi newsletter, Hate Inc., H-A-T-E, hate, you know, the word hate, you can get into it. And he's got this incredible story, this absolutely incredible story. Reading this thing, the penny completely dropped for me. It was just extraordinary. When I was a kid, I mean, like, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, a guy who lived down the street from me, a boy who was my age, his name was Dennis. He was sort of the neighborhood bully. And he and I had, sometimes we were friends and sometimes he'd, you know, chase me down the street and beat the crap out of me. And his dad was a pretty rough character. But what we used to do when I was on good terms with Dennis, we'd all go over to his house and we'd watch wrestling on TV, on his uh, black and white TV. My parents would (laughs) would not have it on in my house. But I used to watch these wrestling shows and, you know, for a while we thought it was real, you know. And there is, and this is what Matt Taibbi's piece is about. It's called Controversy Creates Cash, which is the title of a book about how to make money in the wrestling business. And wrestling is actually theater. It's theater done by big muscled steroid laden guys, but it's theater. And there are two basic roles that are played in the theater of big time wrestling. One is the baby face, the good guy, the short contraction for that that's used in the wrestling world is face. And the other is the bad guy who is known as the heel. So you got the heel and the face. And Taibbi in his newsletter, he talks about how back in 2015, when Donald Trump first rolled out his campaign, and this goes right up through uh, Christmas time of 2015, he talks about how Donald Trump is doing exactly what he was doing. I mean, he's watching Donald Trump on TV and he's he's saying to Matt Taibbi, this guy is doing what I do for a living. Daniel Richards' persona, his character that he walked into the ring as, was called the progressive liberal. 
and he'd go into these small arenas. I'm quoting from Matt Taibbi now. Uh, he enters small arenas largely across Appalachia, wearing a shirt emblazoned with Hillary Clinton faces, screaming things to fans like, you vote against your economic interests. And the hardcore country nut crowd would go nuts. Richard was and is a heel act, right? The, the villain. And, you know, in, in, in uh, Appalachia, being the progressive liberal makes you the villain, right? Richard says a, a heel's job is to bring the heat. Now, I've talked about this a number of times on this program, and you've heard me go off on these rants about this, that, that back years ago, uh, you know, Louise and I took a, just an absolutely uh, extraordinary uh, writing seminar from a guy named Robert McKee. And uh, he wrote a book called Story based on his seminars. In fact, I took a seminar three times. Louise took it twice, and our youngest daughter took it once. Um, it is—it's extraordinary. And 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 the main point that McKee made was that your hero can only be as good as your villain. So when you're writing fiction, you have to come up with an extraordinary villain. In fact, you kind of do that first. Or if you don't do that first, when you come up with your hero, you have to figure out what the hero's weaknesses are so you can build a villain who can actually be a threat to the hero. So Superman would be boring without Lex Luthor. Batman would be boring without the Riddler or without a series of supervillains. Same thing in big time wrestling. And the heel has to taunt the face, right? The baby face sometimes responds to provocations with naive dignity, writes Taibi, not expecting the surprise kick to the face or the crotch that the whole audience knows is coming, right? And then he talks about how Trump did this in 2015. Jeb Bush is married to a Mexican-born woman by the name of Columba. And early in the race, he says, uh, Jeb Bush likes Mexican illegals because of his wife. And Bush goes, what? I'm proud of my wife. That's totally inappropriate. That's not reflective of the Republican Party, right? This is, so the face here is going, what? How did you do that? Or you hit me with a closed fist. That's against the rules. And the referee wasn't looking. Right? This is exactly big time wrestling. And what does Trump do? Barbara Bush goes on a TV show with Jeb a couple days later. And Bush comes out again and he says, Jeb needs his mommy. Right? He's the heel act. And Bush again goes, I won the lottery when I was born 63 years ago. Looked up and saw my mom. Mom, mom is the strongest woman I know. So Trump says, this was in the debate. So Trump says, she should be running. <laughs> uh, and Richards, the big time wrestling guy, he says, I know that move. Bush didn't know how to handle the situation. He says, the baby face will never throw a punch until the heel does it. But when a baby face doesn't fight back, nobody's going to get behind him. And that's exactly what happened to Jeb Bush. In fact, then Trump went on Morning Joe and said, I thought he was going to push me harder to apologize. In other words, what a wuss. This is literary drama. Audiences, Tybee notes, love a good heel. They go wild when king douchebag types like Randy Orton stand flexing their pecs and preening in the middle of the ring. Another Trump specialty, the preening, not the pecs. Trump's incessant bragging about his money is the political equivalent of doing a crotch chop in the ring. Look it up, yeah. But almost no one in blue America spotted this, least of all the press corps. Taibbi writes about how in the fall of 2015, as Trump was rising in the polls, he saw reporters walking around reading Mein Kampf for the paranoid style in American politics. They were trying to figure out what Trump was doing. And what they should have read was Controversy Creates Cash. It's by uh, Eric Bischoff, a world championship wrestler. 
And it's a field guide on how to win in wrestling, right? He says, when you watch wrestling, what you see looks fairly simple. This is from the book. It looks like a staged, choreographed fight between two people who supposedly have an issue, something that they're fighting over. What you really don't see is the skill and art that's required to engage the third person in that ring. And that third person is the audience. Without crowd engagement, you got a meaningless story. This is like my saying, if Superman didn't have Lex Luthor, it would be boring. You know, Superman stops a robbery at a 7-Eleven. So what? Right. So everything becomes about building the crowd energy. Without that, your villains and heroes have no juice. And without villains and heroes, you have no crowd energy. Trump, Taibbi says, is a born heel. The exact words that are used in the headlines to describe him right now, a liar, a cheat, a coward, a traitor, those are the words that they use to describe the bad guys in big time wrestling. In a speech in Grand Rapids, Michigan, December of 2015, just before Christmas, Trump teed off on the bathroom break that Hillary Clinton took during a debate with Bernie Sanders. And he said, I know where she went. It's disgusting. I don't want to talk about it. Too disgusting. Don't say it. It's disgusting. Then he went off on this tangent saying Hillary got schlonged in her 2008 run against Obama. The whole press corps scrambles to red alert, right? The heel says something terrible to the face. The headlines, Trump goes vulgar and swipe at Clinton. By morning, many of the other campaigns issued official comments. The Clinton campaign predictably denounced this humiliation, this degrading language against all women. Trump tweets, once again, the MSM is dishonest. Schlong is not vulgar. When I say Hillary got schlonged, that meant ba beaten badly. Uh, he says Trump tweets was plainly designed to get straight reporters to repeat his bad words for him even escalate on his behalf, which they did. The Washington Post runs a front page story. Donald Trump schlonged a linguistic investigation. Now, this is the same week that Fukushima was melting down. Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act was passed. We learned that search engines can influence elections. Nobody even talked about it. Everybody in the press was talking about schlonged. Then Trump raises the stakes. He says, when Hillary got schlonged by Obama, I meant she got beaten badly. Now, all of a sudden, she's gone from getting schlonged to getting schlonged by Obama. So then David Brock jumps into it. And he says, you're calling Barack Obama a black rapist? And a female reporter from Forbes magazine is interviewing a rabbi about what this word means, because apparently it's an old Yiddish word, which means a giant penis. Trump created a free promotion machine. And the news media never seemed, he writes, to know what was going on here. But I would point out, as Taibbi does, that in the news cycle, in this, just on, he's right here, it's just on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox alone, Trump led a boom that saw a 167% rise in ad sales in the 2016 election cycle versus the 2012 election cycle. It exploded. And again, his entrance into the Republican National Convention, remember that? He walks down this white-lit corridor through the smoke. Taibbi says, this is identical to the Scott Hall walkout, a famed moment in heel preening, a bad guy who comes onto the stage. Um, his arrival by taxi and jet at the Albuquerque rally, where the jet stands behind him. That's dozens of WWE events, like Lex Lugor arriving by helicopter to body slam Samoan giant uh, Yak Konza, who is the face. And Taibbi just lays this stuff out. And, and he's right. I've been putting it in the context of like large literature. Taibbi says, no, no, it's worldwide wrestling. So I'm wondering, have you noticed this? I literally have not watched big time wrestling since I was 10 or 12 years old, however old I was when Dennis Lynch and I used to watch it together. But 
it just like, whoa, yeah, of course. Which raises the question, what does the press do with this? How do you report on a guy who's running a, a well-known business model? In fact, he's got the owner of the worldwide wrestling thing in his cabinet. I mean, it's not like Trump doesn't know this stuff. You know, he, Vince McMahon used to run that thing. I think it's his wife who's in Trump's cabinet. And Trump got into the ring with him and sucker punched him. Trump was supposed to be the good guy, and he came in as the bad guy. He came in as the heel. I mean, this is just like so clear. So how do you think the press should be responding to this? This is the Tom Hartman Program. Yeah, it's Linda McMahon is in Trump's cabinet. There you go. Surprise, surprise. He's got big time wrestling in his cabinet. This is the headline from this morning's Daily Kos. A heel act, the bad guy always makes the grand entrance and he's the, you know, the big guy. And, I, you know, and this is the headline. Joan McCarter wrote this over at Daily Kos, and I'm not saying that she got sucked into it. It's just this is how the, you know, this is a normal headline. Flailing Trump gives Schumer and Pelosi what should be their negotiating starting point on wall. Zero dollars. Democrats Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are headed for the White House to meet with individual one who spent the early hours of the day preparing for that meeting, raged tweeting about the topic of the meeting, his great glorious wall. See, I, of course, the heel comes into the arena and goes, I'm going to smash that guy. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to, you know, that's the heel act. Here's another one. Laura Clausen, again, at Daily Kos, elections are over. So the Trump administration is withdrawing troops from the border. Well, of course he is. That was just a PR stunt. And is the press going to cover this in a big way? No, of course not. They covered it when they put the crews. This guy knows how to do theater. I mean, this is just becoming so obvious. Becky, hey, you're on the air. What's on your mind today? I just wanted to say that my son played a heel. Oh, really? In, in wrestling? Semi. Yeah, in semi-pro, in really small towns. Yeah, he played Kurt Kilgore. Oh, wow. And he would just rile people up. Oh, he'd have people in the audience throwing stuff at him. Yep. And just going crazy. Yep. Uh, but I said this, I tweeted this when Trump was running, that this it's just professional wrestling. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. And the problem, Becky, is that the press doesn't realize this and has no idea how to report on basically what's theater. It's like going to a play and seeing the play and then writing a story as if the play was actual real life. My son's a really good actor, mm -hmm. you know, and, and quick on his feet. And he'd go in with, he had his long hair and he'd always wear a black suit. Mm -hmm. And he would go in and taunt everybody. <laughs> yeah. Exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling and sharing that with us. Thank you for being there for us, Tom. My pleasure, Becky. Thanks so much for the call. You're listening to Tom Hartman. We all want to find the perfect unicorn gift to give at the holiday gift exchange or to family and friends that will really stand out, right? I have one that will be the talk of the office, a hit with friends and family, and will actually be useful. 
Tiger Lady. Tiger Lady has been featured in Runner's World Gift Guide two years now. You may know Tiger Lady as the revolutionary self-defense tool based on a cat's retractable claws. When you make a fist, three claws come out like a real-life wolverine. It's lightweight and designed to collect DNA. Tiger Lady doesn't require training, and it's legal in all 50 states. It's recommended by police and self-defense instructors, making it the perfect stocking stuffer for anyone on your list. Tiger Lady will make your loved ones feel aware and confident when they walk alone. Order by December 14th for free shipping in time for Christmas. Go to TigerLady.com or use the code CHEER, C-H-E-E-R, for a 25% savings and to receive a free whistle LED flashlight keychain while supplies last. Give the gift of safety this year by giving Tiger Lady. Remember, use the code CHEER, C-H-E-E-R, and go to TigerLady.com. That's TigerLady.com. Monty in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hey, Monty, what's on your mind? How's it going? Well, you, know, you hit the nail on the head. This is just theater. But the problem is the media continues to normalize this. For yes. example, Chuck Todd on Sunday said that what's going on in Wisconsin, it, it happens all the time. The Democrats do this. Right, which you know, was a lie. Which was a lie. It was a total lie. They not only normalized the lie, it's like they believe the lie. Yep. Well, the problem is that the Republicans have been saying that the, the Democrats have done this kind of power grab, like in Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania right now, North Carolina two years ago. The Republicans are saying this. Right Wing Hate Radio is saying it. Fox News is saying it. And so I guess we know where Chuck Todd is getting his, his information. Monty, thanks for the call. Spot on. Mark in Charlottesville, Virginia. Hey, Mark, thanks for listening to WPCB. What's up? Hi, Tom. So, yes, I, I totally agree with you about the, uh, the professional wrestling model. The thing is, guys like Hannity have been doing that for years. That's exactly what Hannity does. He sets up the villain and... Uh, oh, yeah, Hannity and Combs. And, and he, never, he, he never worries about the truth because it's all theater. Oh, that's amazing. You know, the last, last two times I was on Fox News, which is maybe five weeks ago, before I went on... Louise and I sat down and said, okay, I'm not going to be able to make any kind of cogent or thoughtful point. You know, I'll get talked down if I try to do anything that's longer than a sentence. If I try to communicate any actual information, they will stomp on me. So I need to come up with a slogan, right? And the one I did about a month and a half ago was the Trump crime family. And it stopped the conversation. The guy went, what? Trump crime family? And literally the next day, Sean Hannity was talking about the Obama crime family. I forget the meme that I, that I did the last time. Oh, it was uh, that Whitaker, the new attorney general, was guilty of ripping off old ladies or something, little old ladies. But just get those five words out, right? And that was like, it just suddenly hit me. That was big time wrestling, too. I was going in, you know, with my little slogan to beat the other guys. In both cases, by the way, the host of the show and the conservative that I was debating freaked out. In fact, the conservative went, where'd you find this guy? You know, because he had no response to what I was saying. It's the Hannity formula. It's big time wrestling. So all this raises the question mark, and I, I, raise, I raise this question seriously. How should the press respond to this? I mean, should, should they, it seems to me, I'm, the, the way I'm responding to it is by educating my listeners and my viewers so that everybody can spot it when it happens and appropriately discount it. Like Trump is rage tweeting that he's got the big match coming up today. You know, Pelosi and, and Schumer are coming over and I'm going to kick their butts. We're going to, you know, like that. Yeah, I, th I think the difference, the North Star for people trying to deal with that is to focus on what's true and not true and what's 
morally right and what's immoral. But see, that's, a, that's what the I face think, does, and the face always loses when the face does that. That's what Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton did when Trump went after Bush as a wimp and, and said that Hillary Clinton had gotten schlonged. I mean, that's just... No, I'm, not, I'm not saying to take it seriously, to respond to them in a way that falls prey to them. I mean, there is a precedent in the last for doing something similar, and that's back in the late 60s and early 70s with the Yippies. They totally fuddle the Nixon administration and all the conservatives trying to answer the mocking retorts that would come from the Yippies. They had no idea what to do, and they just made asses of themselves, you know, the conservatives. I remember. The Yippies won the media, but there was a, uh, a moral message underlying the Yippie movement, which was the war was illegal and unhumanitarian. Right. And so I just think if you lose track of what's right and wrong, you can still convey an emotional message. If you look at modern advertising, there's a revolution going on in advertising where it really focuses uh, not on symbols of emotions, but elicits emotions from viewers. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely I agree with you that it's a media contest. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe we start our own wrestling league on the left and just provide some cover so that the legitimate media continues somehow. I don't yeah, know. Just, I mean, I don't... You know who else is doing this? Alex Jones. This morning on TV, they were reporting on the hearings where the president of Google is testifying before the House. And right. Alex Jones and I believe Jerome Corsi was sitting next to him. And they were right there in the front row watching the Google guy testify because they're complaining that Google is suppressing, they're not spidering their websites. I would complain that Google is not including in their search terms websites like Think Progress and Alternet and Media Matters, you know, left-wing websites. Bottom line is that they were playing WrestleMania here, or were trying to, and they certainly have been up to this point. You got it. Yeah, amazing. Mark, thanks for the call. That, that was very insightful. Fred in Minneapolis. Hey, Fred, thanks for listening to AM950. What's up? Uh, hi, it's funny that you should bring this up because back when Trump was running for office, I used to go to parties and I would put on a Mexican wrestling mask that I had put glued a ratty piece of red hair to and I would cut heel interviews on Hillary and the Democrats and the press Whoa. to you know, much laughter. Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm calling is you left out a really important part of this metaphor, mm-hmm. and there's a third person in the ring, and that's the referee. Ah. That's what the press is supposed to be, the referee. But when the heel cheats, the referee is always looking the other way. That's right. The referee is in on it, and he's in on it on the side of the heel. Well, he's not on the side. He just somebody distracts the ref. He always happens to be looking the other way. And eventually the face gets so frustrated that he cheats back, but the referee always sees that. Right. And stops and him. He rep- yeah. He reprimands the face. So yeah, they reprimand the Democrats, but they never are looking when they heal Trump cheats. Wow. The press has fallen right into this. I mean, yes, they're they, the referee. The third important part of all this is that the person enforcing the rules is never looking when the cheater cheats. And the face can have a lump on his head. It's like, look, I have a lump on my head. The ref says, well, I didn't see that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it well. Fred, brilliant. So we I, have to call the press out on that, and we can't let them look the other way all the time and reprimand us. And yeah. plus, a lot of times what the face will do is show the tapes of the bad guy cheating or make a lot of fun of it. Call him out for how ridiculous what his lying is. 
So, so ultimately, I you know, like I said, it's been it's been 50 years since I've watched big time wrestling. So, but in the end narrative, and I'm going to have to go back and watch them, I think. So, and I'm sure there's a bunch of it on YouTube. So, in the end, the face usually wins, right? Uh, eventually, what happens is the heel always wins the first three or four bouts because the referee doesn't see him cheat. Right. And then they have a showdown where both of them get to cheat, and there's no rules, and then the face always wins. Right. And that, and that showdown is going to be Mueller versus Trump, right? Right. And, but the thing is, you're, you're supposed to boo the heel. The whole thing falls apart a little bit when you cheer the heel. You're not supposed to do that. But most of America <laughs> is booing Donald Trump. Yes, but there's uh, just enough people cheering him. So he can play it down the middle. They call it a cool heel. That's right. And, where, and in fact, that's Taibbi talks about that, how Trump is now trying to play. He, he goes to his rallies and he tries to play face, but then he constantly slips into heel mode. Right. If you cheer the heel, he becomes a cool heel and a de facto face, you see, yeah. to a, a lot of the audience. Yes. I'm, I'm just astonished by, by how knowledgeable our listeners are about this. Fred, thank you so much for the call. It's great to hear from you. Lyle in DeKalb, Illinois, listening to WCPT. Lyle, you have a suggestion on what the media should do about this? I want to double down on the don't let him control the ref, but I think he's wrong. Uh, the media isn't the ref. The ref is the two branches of Congress who can get this guy out of office. Uh, mm. The media needs to focus on uh, what if we knew then what we know now and what if we know in the future what we suspect now right and look at stories that don't allow trump to string things out right and don't constantly fall for the distractions whether it's uh, oh my god there's a migrant caravan we're sending troops to the border or whatever just just kind of shrug and go okay here donald's doing another stunt this is his big 10 wrestling persona yeah well there was a senator last night or this morning a Republican senator who is saying, well, you don't trust any information provided by Cohen. Like, this is ridiculous. And you have to nip that in the bud yeah. and not allow him to tell that story. Yeah, the Republicans have launched a full-out assault on democracy, on small-D democracy itself. And we're seeing this in Wisconsin and Michigan. It's absolutely unprecedented, with the exception of two years ago in North Carolina. They're doing it in a smaller way in Pennsylvania right now, too. And Chuck Todd saying, oh, the Democrats have done it in the past. Lying about that on Meet the Press was just absolutely shocking. But there's real stuff going on here. They're actually trying to take down democracy. Lyle, excellent points all. Thank you for the call. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's up? Hi, Tom. Fred kind of got to where I was going to go uh, already, and that's that uh, and eventually the analogy breaks down. But mm -hmm. what Fred was saying is that the face has to win eventually. Right, in order to continue being a face, in, in order to continue being the good guy. I mean, fiction, the good guy always has to win. Right, and the other, the other problem is we don't have a, uh, a good guy. In other words, the, the face is always the same guy, and the villain's the same guy. We, we have the same villain. We have Donald Trump. We're not going to have the return of, of Hillary Clinton. If you look at right. the wrestling analogies in the history of faces in World Federation wrestling, the last one I remember was Hulk Hogan. And remember, they put a uh, Samson thing on Hulk Hogan. I remember the, 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 the heel, they tried to they cut his hair. Either they did cut his hair or they tried to cut his hair. That was yeah. the big, ooh, you're trying to cut Hulk's hair. You know, that's the yeah. Samson analogy. Oh, and Jesse Ventura, but, he was a... He was a face, right, Jesse Ventura? Yeah, yeah, Hulk was. Hulk was a good guy. Everybody yeah. loved Hulk, and he yeah. was. A, I can't remember who his his uh, you know villain heels was. were, yeah. or whatever. But eventually, 
the analogy, this actually, speaking of the Bible, I was just in a Bible study last week, and we were talking analogies, and what the pastor said is one of the things they learn in preacher school or what, mm-hmm. seminary, seminary, sorry, is that analogies, they always break down, and this is real life. Mm-hmm. So this, if we keep trying to assign more and more, well, Robert Mueller is, if we keep trying to assign more to the to the comic strip that this each player then then we really are buying into it. This is real life. Oh, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. But there's but there's a narrative arc here that is not just out of wrestling, Paul. This is you'll find the same story in the Bible. I mean, you'll, you this this goes back. This is this is part of our DNA. This story. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. But in in few cases, well, we we do see cases in the Old Testament where the yeah, a, a bad guy wins. Yeah, David versus Goliath. Well, actually, the yeah, good guy and, wins and, there. And, and that's dark. And that but, is dark. But Goliath won and won and won and won, and then David finally took him down. I mean, and, you know, he was, the, he was the heel, David was the face. Yeah, well, enough bad guys won. When you, if you look at the, read the book of Judges, yeah. that's why they actually had to have a king. Enough bad guys won. That's right. You're, you're absolutely right. So, oh, God. Does that mean that we're leading, heading toward a... Oh, no, I, you're right, Paul. Analogies always break down. It's just really useful, I think, to understand the structure of this meta story here. Paul, thanks so much for the call. As you probably know, Louise and I are basically vegans who eat fish once a month, but odds are you're not. Omaha Steaks has a really great product for the holidays for for those of you who eat meat. This is the gift that families across America have loved for over 100 years. Right now, Omaha Steaks has an amazing limited time offer for my listeners. When you go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code REPORT and you'll get 74% off Omaha Steaks family gift package. Originally $195, now just $49.99. Order now and you'll get four hand-cut tender top sirloin steaks, two savory premium pork chops, four chicken fried steaks, four Omaha steak burgers, four kielbasa sausages, all beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, four caramel apple tartlets, plus four more burgers for free. Omaha Steaks is a fifth-generation family-owned company with over 100 years of experience delivering perfectly aged beef hand-cut by master butchers in Omaha. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code REPORT, R-E-P-O-R-T, REPORT, in the search bar, and get 74% off Omaha Steaks family gift package. That's omahasteaks.com, code REPORT. This is so funny. CNN, the Chiron Trump. Dems clash in extraordinary White House meeting. Big time wrestling. And CNN is reporting it's the fight of the century. It's amazing. Marty in Evergreen Park, Illinois. Hey, what's on your mind? After I heard it on your program, I started hearing it on uh, like MSNBC, but people are starting to see that Donald Trump behaves like a mob boss. Yeah. Um, he is like the mob boss in chief now he's advising people that cooperate you know with law enforcement he's calling them weak yeah and this might be the thing that that gets him ultimately is he keeps doing this heel routine this bad guy routine and yeah you know nice little uh, life you got there be a shame if something happened to you know essentially and but Mueller's play, taking it very seriously and he, i think he's going to take him down marty a uh, great observation bob in portland oregon listening on x-ray fm hey bob what's up I'm a screenwriter, a local screenwriter. I've got a movie out. I, and I took the same course you did, the Robert McKee course, some years Brilliant, ago. Brilliant, isn't it? Listening to your discussion about the good guy, bad guy, powers of, you know, antagonism, protagonism. But, you know, the good guy doesn't have to be um, 
a person. It can just be a force. In fact, it could be the entire group of voters in the United States. Or the bad guy. I mean, the bad guy could be a, a shark or a tornado. Yeah, or, yeah, the shark, tornado, a hurricane. Yep. It can be the forces of nature, you know. Um, so... So are you suggesting that we can flip the script by making the bad guy not Donald Trump, but instead like global warming or something? Well, global warming is a bad guy. Yeah. You know, that's part of the forces of antagonism that the good guy's got to compete with, but he's got more than one person to deal with. Yeah, and Trump is refusing to take it on, so he's not playing the role of the good guy. And if enough people acknowledge that, that global warming is not only real, but a threat to humanity, then Donald Trump becomes a failure at being a good guy. Fascinating stuff. Bob, thanks for the call. It's a fascinating conversation. Tom in Chicago. Hey, Tom, what's up? I'm going back to the professional wrestling uh, yeah. analogy and Trump. It's not just words. It's also visual. And what I was thinking of is there's a physicality to it because I remembered in one of the debates, I don't know which one, with Hillary Clinton, how Trump stood behind her and yeah. just sort of stalked her and he walked around the stage in a really menacing, threatening, uh, you know. Yeah, it was it a classic wrestling of, heel move. Right. It's like choreographed. It was, yeah. You know, it was classic. So I just wanted to. Oh, I think he was doing that, the same so. thing in the White House with Schumer and Pelosi. I mean, right. he was sitting and in the seat of power. They were sitting on the couches on the low power places, and he was proclaiming. And Mark Sumner over on Daily Coast called it a wrestling match. I mean, it's, that's what it was. So maybe yeah. Schumer and Pelosi have figured out if you want to engage in big time wrestling, you've got to realize that that's what you're doing. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah, let's there hope. you go. There you go. Tom, thanks, thanks for the call. Much. Yeah, good talking with you. Sam in Asheville, North Carolina. Hey, Sam, thanks for listening to 101.1 FM. What's up? Uh, back to this uh, pro wrestling analogy. Yeah. The, the American people do not like bad guys. This well, yes bite, and no. We, this is, we... is going to bite Trump on the rear end. It's yeah, it, destroy him. It, it may be. And, and in wrestling, the way it works is the heel, the bad guy, wins two or three or four matches in a row. And he always wins by cheating. Right. He always wins by cheating. The referee is not looking. He punches the guy and, and closed fist punches are illegal in wrestling. But he constantly does that. And then the, the, the good guy comes out and says, look at this bump in my head. And the ref goes, well, I didn't see it happen. I'm sorry. I don't know how you got that. And then finally, there's an ultimate showdown, the big rematch. And in the ultimate showdown, the big rematch, that's when the heel, the bad guy, loses and the good guy is triumphant. And that might be the Mueller thing. And the question is, you know, when Trump has his final, is the word denouement, whatever it is, the final reckoning, and he goes down, is he going People to survive it, right? Is he going People to live to cheer. fight another day? People are going to cheer when he goes down. Who is it who gets booed when he's walking into the arena? The heel. Right. But, but that's what he wants. Guy. That's what he wants. Well, yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll take it that way. That's exactly right. And America is booing Donald Trump, and he's loving every minute of it. But it's going to bite him on the rear end sooner or later. From it's your lips to God's alcohol. ears, Sam. <laughs> we will see. We will see. I think you're right. I really do. But this, this whole thing is like, it's like scripted. It's amazing. Sam, thanks for the call. Dave in Federal Way, Washington. Hey, Dave, what's up? Hey, not too much, Tom. I just wanted to comment on this Trump and professional wrestling comparison. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I've been thinking about it for a while, you know. Um, what Trump has really done is in political theater, which has always been around. He's really capitalized on the fiction, the narrative of professional wrestling. And I fear that he might make it standard 
in our political theater. And what worries me about that, it's really an extension of the good versus evil narrative that George Bush standardized. I mean, it's so simple, hmm. you know. Every, in wrestling, everybody knows who the protagonist and the antagonist are. Right. You know, now, now it varies. Some people, you know, it does vary, but it's a very clear split. It's very obvious. But the problem is, is the world is not that clear. That's Decisions right. Decisions are not that apparent. Really, that's my only kind of grievance with President Obama. President Obama brought nonfiction into the fictional world that George Bush created. And I've always wondered about the consequences of that. For example, Around, what do you mean, Dad? Not too long ago, when this thing with uh, North Korea took off, I saw a bunch of Trump voters around a TV screen like they were watching a sports contest. Right. And it was Donald Trump calling Kim Jong-un little rocket man. And man, they were celebrating that. They were like, oh, we finally have a president that's strong. No more weak Obama, mealy mouth Obama. You right. know, this is clear. This is right to the point. And I said, um, I told them, and I put myself in peril because they almost attacked me. I said, how do you think that translates to Hangul? They were like, what's Hangul? I said, well, that's the language 90% of Koreans speak, you know? Mm. They don't, I mean, Little Rocket Man, we don't know how that translates. And they automatically called me a Clinton lover and a Clinton supporter. And yeah. this is what I thought. Yeah, I, I wonder, Dave, if when me. Trump went over and met with Kim Jong-un, he said, you know, my calling you Little Rocket Man and making fun of you and saying I got a bigger button than you do and stuff. He said, let me tell you how big time wrestling works. You know, I was just basically setting you up as my foil, and this is all theater, and don't worry about it. We can make this stuff work. You think he might have had that kind of conversation? Remember Helsinki yeah. with uh, Putin and, 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 and Trump? Yeah, I do. Remember what Trump said? Trump said, look, they wanted me to go over and punch the guy or something. No, nobody wanted Donald Trump to go over and punch Vladimir Putin on the world stage. That's crazy. That is Trump's own fiction. Yeah. So this is this is reflecting the way not just not just a style, not just a, a form of of entertainment, a, a form of storytelling, but it's also reflecting probably the very simplistic worldview that Donald Trump has. And and this idea that there's good and evil and that all good is pure good and all evil is pure evil, whether it's a person or a country, is, as you point out, Dave, one of the, one of our most dangerous fictions uh, and a dangerous outcome of this kind of uh, behavior. Dave, thanks. Very well said. Rich in Cedro Woolley, Washington. Hey, Rich, what's up? I called to talk about the wrestling analogy. I've got a colleague, a friend of mine. He's gone way down the QAnon rabbit hole. He likes to send me updates. I pointed out to him the other day how Q is like a wrestling match. They've got a bare-bones plot that they flesh out as they go along so they can keep it fresh. But now in light of what you told me, Q looks like the B-League to Trump's A-League. It's what makes Trump's A-League wrestling league look real and acceptable. But also the Q-League is where they're trying out the new plot. You know, they're pushing mm -hmm. the envelope. So the Q, the, was your friend asserting the Q was an individual or the Q was a movement? The legend is that Q is somebody from the deep state or formerly an agent of the NSA or something with a Q-level security clearance. That's why it's called Q. Right. He is the leader of the movement. He's the source of the information, and then it's disseminated through various... And agents. he's the source, and he's the pro-Trump mole buried in the deep state, according to this uh, fantasy. Yeah, that's the way I understand it. Yeah. But, 
the, the, their whole plot line just evolves. And, like, for example, the Pizzagate thing kind of washed out. So it, now it's kind of reemerged as a worldwide child sect. Yeah. Somehow they always end up back in that place of you know, pedophilia and stuff like that or animal yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, they just go for the weird stuff. Their whole thing is that boils down to the globalists versus the nationalists. Yeah. Of course, Donald Trump is the nationalist and Hillary and the one-worlders and the, the global market. They're the people who promote things like TPP and WTF. Right. The good guys and the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, they're pushing the envelope there. It's like the extreme for the lazy-minded people who love conspiracies. It's where they really push that the whole... Yeah, no, I get it. But anyway, what's so sad is that so many people have gotten sucked into this. Rich, thanks for the call. Brandon in Jacksonville, Illinois. Hey, Brandon, thanks for watching us on YouTube. What's up? Hey, Tom, thanks for having me on. I was just wanting to continue the wrestling analogy. Go for it. I used to watch wrestling back in the Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik, Hulk Hogan era, until I found out that there was a male soap opera, so to speak. Yeah. And then I started tweeting about it when Trump, the wrestling analogy about the heel face when Trump was in the uh, Republican primary, and um, especially when um, Linda McMahon became um, on his cabinet, I tweeted a lot about it. But I just wanted to uh, tell you that you... Um, might want to rethink the heel face analogy because he could always become a face and right. win the match if yes. he legalized a minimum wage or race or security or one of those things to get the population behind him and get reelected. And it's entirely possible he'll do this. This is a guy who has no core principles, no no core beliefs. Uh, you know, he's got a couple of good punchlines when he tries to execute them, you know, like, like, let's bring tariffs back and have a protectionist trade policy, something I agree with. But when he tries to execute it, he does it by executive order. So, you know, no company is going to build a factory based on the fact that there's going to be tariffs for the next two years. You have to get it through Congress. But he doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't, you know, he has no interest in doing that. He just wants to be the wrestling guy. But I agree with you, Brandon. If he were to legalize pot nationwide, if he were to raise the cap on Social Security, I mean, if he were to do the things he said he was going to do, you know, he said that when the tax cuts, so-called tax reform was passed, that his taxes would go up. Now, he knew he was lying. I mean, the day that bill passed, he was down at Mar-a-Lago and he walked out into the dining room and he said, I just made you guys all a whole bunch richer. And, you know, got applause from, from the you know, people who could afford a $200,000 annual fee to be at Mar-a-Lago, entrance fee or whatever it is. But uh, I don't know that he could do it. I mean, it's, I, I suppose well, the pot thing, that's fairly non-controversial these days, increasingly. Let's I, remember, Tom, he used to be a face before he became the heel. Well, he, yeah, he's played both roles. He's played both roles. I mean, in, in The Apprentice, he was basically playing the role of a face. He was the good guy. He could possibly fool some of the Americans into thinking he's the good guy. And well, I think he already has. You know, the 20% who agree with Trump, they think he's the face. They think he's the good guy. It's not like they're yeah. rooting for the bad guy. I mean, nobody wants to root for the bad guy. No, but if he does some good things for the country, then the country might elect the bad guy again. Yeah. What I wonder is, I mean, you know, he, he tweets, uh, oh, Mueller just said there's no collusion. He tweets, we have the best job numbers ever. We, we had the biggest tax cut ever. We, all these are lies. And they're lies that he's putting out to try and make himself look like a face rather than a heel. And it works for his base. I mean, it works for the people who watch Fox News and listen to right-wing radio because there is no 
no voice pushing back. There is nobody saying, oh, wait a minute, that's not true. But it's not working with the rest of the, of the country. And so we're just going to have to see how this plays out. But Brandon, I think you're onto something. Thanks a lot for the call. And thanks for listening to us down there in Jacksonville. Brenton, Hilliard, Ohio. Hey, Brent, what's up? When I was young, the professional wrestling, it was very clear who was heel and who was face. But somewhere in the mid-90s, that kind of changed and the characters became more complicated hmm. and oftentimes at least in the you know in that main the big one that's on the tv all the time the characters became more complicated and you started to see that there were nearly equal factions in a sort of big event cheering for both parties depending hmm. on their leaning it's a silly thing but i think that's what we're dealing with a little bit here it definitely is theater, and it's theatrical, but the Republicans, you know, coming back, starting way back with the uh, Ayn Rand libertarianism and all of that stuff that kind of took hold, they've polluted people's brains so badly that they simply don't know who the heel is. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's a scary future. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and because it's, the heel is obvious to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent point, Brent. <laughs> Excellent point. Uh, Tiberius says, you're aware that Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. And when he was inducted in 2013, he said that was more important to him than ha having a star on Hollywood or having highest ratings on TV or being a best-selling author or being a rich guy. Uh, even the New York Times, you know, their headline, Trump threatens shutdown in combative appearance with Dems. After an extraordinary public altercation at the White House. <laughs> and then Chuck Schumer, he takes it seriously. He says Trump had a temper tantrum. No, he's performing. He's performing. He understands how wrestling works. This is a, this is, oh, come on. We got to figure this stuff out. You're listening to Tom Hartman. When do you want to spot that burglar? When he's casing your home or after he's in? Ask John, whose blink camera alerted him of burglars trying to break in while he and his family were home. Or Shannon, whose blink camera caught a thief stealing packages. Both times, blink video clips were sent to police to help convict the crooks. Blink motion-activated indoor and outdoor cameras are wire-free, set up in minutes, and run on two AA batteries that can last up to two years. And if you're traveling over the holidays, Blink's live feed option lets you monitor your home and check in on pets from anywhere using the Blink smartphone app. No contracts, no subscriptions, totally affordable, and Blink works with Alexa. Blink camera systems make great holiday gifts, and they're a brilliant way to monitor holiday package deliveries. Save up to a whopping 40% off all outdoor XT and add-on cameras through December 22nd while supplies last. Visit BlinkProtect.com holiday. BlinkProtect.com slash holiday. Blink is an Amazon company. Stephen, listening to 9, 10 a.m. in San Francisco. Hey, Stephen, what's up? Hi, Tom. Yeah, that's a brilliant analogy. I like it way better than the mob analogy because it is not. He's, he's a coward. If it was the mob analogy, it'd be bad fellas, not good fellas. This is perfect. And then I was going to ask you, Tom, he was on the WWF. Was he the heel or the face when he played that part? I remember it. Trump somewhat. went into the thing with Vince McMahon as the face. And, and Taibbi talks about this in his piece. And halfway through it, 
Trump, who is like was the born heel, right? I mean, he's been the heel his whole life. Uh, halfway through that that wrestling event, he decides to turn heel and he sucker punches McMahon and then throws him on the ground and then shaves his head. And I mean, it's just this whole elaborate thing. He played, so he be, he goes in as I'm the face, and he and then he flips to the heel, and and that's how he won. You know, the bad guy won, and the crowd went nuts. And and this was like years ago. I mean, this was like ten years ago, something like that. Had to have been. Yeah. Had to have been. And, and you know, you know what scares you, Tom, is that the this fake wrestling is some of your friends that really believed it was real. Yeah. Oh, when I was 10 years old, I used to go over to Dennis's house and watch it on TV. My parents wouldn't let me watch wrestling at home. <laughs> uh, I thought it was real, you know? And it was like, how could the referee look away when the bad guy sucker punches the good guy? I don't get it. And, uh, this is it. You got it, Tom. This is it right there. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, Trump it's is playing from a wrestling... Trump is playing from the wrestling script, and the media is playing the role of the color commentators in big-time wrestling, or whatever they call it, professional wrestling, where they're like, oh, Hulk Hogan, you know, got a great punch-up. Will he get another one? You know, as if it was real. And, the, and, the, and so the press is playing this, this credulous color commentators, you know, the, the, the guys doing the, the, the commentary on big-time wrestling. And it's like, this is exactly what Trump wanted. He's, you know, it's like the bad guy goes into the ring, beats his chest says a few words and everybody goes, oh, let's repeat what he said. It's, it's, it's incredible. Stephen, thank you for the call. Spot on. Margie in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin. Hey, Margie, what's up? Hey, I have always thought that uh, Trump was basically following the WWE playbook. But I have a different thought of the role of the press. Mm -hmm. The one group that we haven't took, uh, talked about that is critical to any type of programming like this is the promoters oh and yeah that is what the press does i remember the what i usually listen to the debates on radio but the one time i actually saw the debate they literally uh, uh the opening of the debates they had football helmets charging at each other one with a t and one with an h remember when There's trump kind of snuck up behind hillary during one of those debates yes. that's a classic heel move Yes. Yes. Are the press doing some of the color commentary? Yes. But think back of how much Joe Scarborough promoted Trump every single day. Oh, yeah. If Joe Scarborough had, had not uh, invited Trump on his show over and over and over again, I don't think Trump would have gotten the Republican nomination. He gave Trump the credibility that he needed. Yes. And that's what they were doing. They were promoting him. Right. And so we can't we can't talk about how do the how does the press handle this unless we talk about they're the ones promoting it. Right. The role that the press played in essentially creating it. That's brilliant. Margie, thanks so much for the call. That's a great one. Ed in Las Vegas. Hey, Ed, what's up? Hey, Tom. I never watched wrestling, so I never quite got that analogy. I saw him more as like the dirty, hairy character. The anti-hero? Yeah, the anti-hero. When you watch all those cop shows, it's always the bad cop who doesn't like follow the rules, but he's the only one who can get the bad guy because he doesn't follow the rules. Right. And the real antagonist isn't the bad guy. It's the system that won't let him do his job. Right. And you're, you're absolutely right. And, and Trump ran against the swamp, against the Washington system, against the... And so in that regard, he was playing Dirty Harry. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, you know, this is so multidimensional in terms of drama, how this works. Uh, great observation, Ed. Thanks a lot for that. Steve in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Steve, what's up? You know, I've seen my share of uh, wrestling uh, back in the day and stuff, and uh, one of the guys was the claw master, um, Baron Von Raschka. He was uh, pretty interesting. Was he a heel or a face? Yeah, he was a heel. You'll have to Google him and just watch. There's a two-minute uh, thing on Google you can see. It's pretty interesting, um, the claw. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, you know, my take on this, Tom, is uh, the media who is, is portrayed as the referee here is actually more in on this than, than in WWE. They're really not honest brokers at all here. Well, let me give you a data point uh, with regard to that here. It'll take me just a second to find. Here it is. This is from Matt Taibbi's newsletter, uh, you know, from Hate Incorporated. Coverage of this crossover insanity, he's talking about the wrestling match that Trump was doing with uh, Hillary and whatnot, across the cable, TV, and digital news sectors in 2015-16. Just on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox alone, Trump led a boom that saw a 167% rise in ad sales in 2016 versus the last presidential election, 2012. 167% 167% increase. That's why Les Moonves on CBS on that investor call said, you know, Donald Trump may be bad for America, but he's great for CBS. Keep it up, Donald. Exactly. That, that's what it's all about. It's all about the corporate, um, you know, getting the most outrageous stuff to get the eyeballs and stuff. And that's, you know, how they're making money. The big thing of it is, you know, they're not really going to talk about the issues and stuff, what's really going on. Right. Um, you know, because they're, they're hogtied, uh, another wrestling term. By their corporate controllers, you know, so to speak. Yeah, so so um, so covering a wrestling match makes perfect sense. Exactly. Well, right. You know, they they, they want to just keep doing that because you know, it's all about keeping the top marginal tax rate from going back to the seventy-four percent or higher mark. Right. And, and who, who, you know, because that's going to affect them a lot, and also the corporate tax rate. You know, because uh, yeah, with nobody the, in the media wants that. I mean, the people on TV are multimillionaires themselves, and they and they're working for corporations right. that so are. Not to their advantage to uh, really, really talk about that. Yeah. So they want to just keep the people stupid and stuff, you know. And uh, you know, look how they shun Bernie. I mean, because they know what Bernie's agenda and what Bernie would have caused. Yeah, the mistake Bernie made was he was talking actual issues and policies, and that's not something. And the media wants wrestling, and that's what the media has given us. Excellent point, Steve. From Steve to another Steve in Blacksburg, Virginia. Hey, Steve, what's up? Uh, Yes, Tom. I just called in just a minute ago. You got me on pretty quick today. But uh, you've been talking about the wrestling heels, but uh, when I heard the term heel, I actually thought of a different uh, description of it, and I looked it up in the dictionary, and it said cad. And so I looked up the uh, definition of cad, and it says a vulgar, ill-bred, obtrusive person, one not behaving as a gentleman. And Hmm. it's like, wow, they nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. So Donald Trump playing the heel, he's actually just playing himself. He is a heel. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Excellent point, Steve. Excellent. Thank you very much for the call. Just to recap, Matt Taibbi has just recently started a subscription newsletter. It's uh, Hate Inc., H-A-T-E, Incorporated. And you can Google it. I'm not sure exactly the website to sign up for it, but it's, it's a great newsletter. And he's got this article, Controversy Creates Cash, in this, this current issue of the newsletter, about how Donald Trump has consciously, not unconsciously, consciously taken WWE, professional wrestling, wrestling as theater, and applied it to the political space, and in the process has completely dumbfounded the media.
So let's check in with Talk Media News and find out what's going on in the world today. On the line with us is Ellen Ratner. This report brought to you by GoatsForTheOldGoat.com and loving what you do, Ellen's new book. Hey, Ellen. Well, hi. All right. Now, Michael Cohn was sentenced to three years. Now, what's very interesting is he told the judge that he has been in personal and mental incarceration since he took the job with Trump, and he said he was to cover up his dirty deeds. Mm. That is really quite something. Now, he's not supposed to report to prison till March 6th, and that is because we think that they can actually reduce his sentence further if he cooperates with the New York district attorney. Yeah, he has a full year, doesn't he, to challenge or to call? Well, yes, but he has to report for prison on March 6th. Okay, thank you. So there you go. All right, now also, these opportunity zones, this is the executive order that the president created. He wants to help minority communities, et cetera, except for the fact that if you listened to the conference call, and I was on it today, they talk about changing regulations. And that is exactly, they moved over it very quickly. Nobody asked a question about it. But in my view, that is really what this is about, changing regulations. Well, also we find that a lot of these opportunity zones, just by coincidence, happen to be places where either Donald Trump or Jared Kushner are building projects. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. But what's really fascinating about this is somehow... Why are these opportunity zones going to be held so that they can get rid of regulations? I mean, give me a break. And nobody talked about it. That's what was really interesting. Hmm. Now, also, the attack in Paris, as you know, it happened at a Christmas market. The gunman who has been identified, but they haven't been able to find him yet, has 27 arrest warrants against him in various countries in the European Union. Wow. 27 criminal convictions. Now, I read the headline this morning that said that the French have said this is a terrorist attack, but it sounds like this guy's just a psychotic criminal. It sounds like he's a psychotic criminal, too, but that's what they want to call it. Now, also, it looks like the Washington Post has identified the Marriott Starwood attack as China. Now, we don't know whether that's true. China says no way, no way, but of course, we don't know. Yeah, the interesting thing is that there's been no evidence that any of the stolen identities and credit cards have actually been used, which would argue for it being a state actor who's going to use it for, you know... Eventually. uh, Yeah, use it for security and, and use it for, you know, God only knows, blackmail or whatever, identity theft, but that it wasn't a bunch of criminals looking to make money. Right. Now, just because, in case you have forgotten that there is like 20 different people who are applying for the presidential campaign in the 2020 election, Democrats. This Eric Swalwell, he's from California, Mm -hmm. and he's from the San Francisco area of California. He has just said he is going to start his organization on that, and he said that they need younger people, which actually, as an old bat, I can agree with. It is time for younger people. Now, we do know one of the Castro twins has also applied, and he is thinking of going into it, and he's 44 years old. Swalwell is 38 years old, so there you have it. Wow. Okay. Now, Bernie Sanders, today Mm -hmm. he released something on Yemen, and it's very interesting. He's talking about Yemen, and he's talking about the number of people that have been killed, and he said both the Obama administration and the Trump administration have provided logistical support and weapons to the Saudi Air Force, and they did so without the consent of Congress. Now, as you know, we have the War Powers Act. My brother, actually, when he was on the planet, sued under George Bush and what was going on in Iraq under the War Powers Act. Mm -hmm. And won, didn't he? 
actually. Yeah, yeah. She did win. Yeah. So there you have it. Okay. Now, also, this is very interesting. The incoming New York Attorney General. It's a woman named Letitia James, and she told NBC Today that she intends to launch a comprehensive investigation into President Trump and what his business dealings were when she takes office in January. She said, we will use every area of the law to investigate President Trump and his business transactions and that of his family as well. We want to investigate anyone in his orbit who has, in fact, violated the law. That is a very strong statement. Yeah, and I suspect that in addition to Donald Trump going down, the Kushner family is going to go down, too, because uh, these guys are, you know, apparently big-time grifters. Well, what's really interesting is that, of course, Jared Kushner's father was in prison. Right, for fraud, for financial fraud. For fraud, yes, yep. absolutely. And yep. so there you have it. Now, of course, we have heard all about the border wall. Uh, we heard all about the event with Nancy Pelosi and Senator Schumer. And so there you have it. Uh, that certainly took place in the Oval Office. But now the House Republicans may vote on the $5 billion Trump border wall. Very interesting. I thought it was hysterical that Nancy Pelosi was talking about, this is a manhood thing for Donald. I mean, she's just rubbing it in, Ellen. Oh, she really is. Yep. She knows how to do it. There you go. Ellen Ratner, Talk Media News, goatsfortheoldgoat.com. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Paul in the suburb of Chicago. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? Hi there, Tom. I'm currently a student at Romeoville Lewis University. Mm-hmm. And, well, obviously, you know, again, our class, we're talking about immigration right now, and obviously it's a very polarizing subject. Both sides have some valid points. Both sides have some really stupid points. And I, I'm just wondering, is, is there a, a space for compromise here? Because obviously government shutdown or extreme actions are not something we wanted the American people. So are you talking about immigration or are you talking about Trump's wall? Because they're really two different things. You know, I just think that the wall is a non-issue, frankly, I, you know, for lack of a better way to say it. I think Nancy Pelosi was right when she said she thinks it's all about Trump's manhood. Paul in... Petchog. Petchog, New York. Hey, Paul, what's up? Anyway, I've been an activist. After going to these countless meetings, I feel like I'm talking to the wall because these people don't work for the people. They work for the money. Sure. Jimmy Carter said an oligarchy controls yep. this country. So my idea is instead of going just to the elected officials, let's go to the billionaires and to the moneyed people. And say what? Say we demand Medicare for all. We demand to fix our structure, our bridges, our infrastructure. We can all do mailings. We can stamp monies like the Ben and Jerry's program. You step dollar bills. We hmm. can go to the merchants surrounding these people. We yeah. can go door to door to the wealthy. Yeah, lots of things that can be done. Paul, interesting idea. Thanks a lot for the call. And uh, thank you all for being with us today. It's uh, another amazing day. Uh, Michael Cohen getting sentenced. The crimes are becoming more and more visible that have been committed throughout his lifetime by Donald Trump, but particularly since he decided to get into politics. It's bizarre. Uh, And, you know, hopefully we can clean this up and recover from it before too much lasting damage is done, both to our environment and our body politic. So don't don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. It requires you. Get out there, get active, tag, you're in. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.